Older Woman by Tony Batley, with Martin Clunes as Roy, Zoe Wanamaker, Jane, and Toya Wilcox, Elsa. Don't look at me, it's Dick. What is it doing in the office? Most people leave their wheelies at the supermarket checkout. That's not true, actually. Most people leave theirs outside the Natural Health Centre for some reason. Beginning to suffer compassion fatigue as far as Dick's concerned. I can't get him to make a decision about anything. He'll have to do something about that dog, too. He hasn't taken a shine to Barry, has he? He should be patrolling an Albanian border post. The dog, I mean. I hope Barry's not waiting for my stuff. I wouldn't worry if I were you. He's just rubber-stamping everything, sending it down the line for pasting up. He's got all Dick subbing, too, remember? I haven't got a clue what's going in the column this week. You mean there's nothing about your Miss Callaghan? You surprise me, Mon Brave. It's all become a bit of a personal odyssey, you see. It's about me confronting who I was then. It's as if I become something I could have prevented myself becoming. If you see what I mean. Oh, and I thought it was a simple case of arrested development. Oh, yes, that too. Point is, Blossom, if she's contemplating getting herself a younger man, she may as well skip a generation and go for a toy boy. Hello. In Kaleidoscope today, some odd juxtapositions. Miro, the Hindenburg, and the missing breast. That's an exhibition at London's Hayward Gallery. And who's got the biggest tool on the hunting trip? That's Sam Shepard's play at the bush. However, there's a new novel by Roy Hitchcock. It's The Dark Eyes of Walter Tapp. Walter is an ageing circus clown, and he lives in a nightmarish Britain of the future, a place terrorised by gangs of rampant toy boys. And the critic Pauline Hudson's been reading it. Pauline, do you think this is up to the standard of his previous book, The Quince Tree of Thornton Heath? I don't know. Um, my main problem with it is that I never really believed the toy boy thought police. I can understand that. And was your credulity also tested by Walter's relationship with Jane, the sexually repressed railway guard? Yes, I have to say many of Jane's utterances, lines like, life's a tangled pottage of luminous loins, they just weren't <laughs> up to the job, really. <laughs> I was surprised, too, to find Luciano Pavarotti appearing at the bottom of Walter's bed at moments of crisis. Yes, quite. And a Pavarotti who says things like, England today is a ball of acrid onyx dung leavened only by brief shuddering spasms of voluptuous ecstasy. So what's your verdict, then? Life's a tangled pottage of luminous loins. Pauline Hudson, thank you. Oh, my God. He's even taken to hanging round the school gates. It doesn't matter how late I am, he's still there. And this is an example of his love poetry, is it? Rather explicit, isn't it? I'd say. What's he planning to do when he leaves school? Become a rent boy? I'm not sure how to deal with it. Well, you can run away to sea with him in a beautiful pea-green boat, or you can recycle his poetry. Shouldn't he see someone? I mean, his poems are bordering on the hysterical. I agree, they're a hoot. I didn't mean hysterical as in funny. Anyway, you said we should nip this sort of thing in the bud. Yes, quite right. Pupils have to be discouraged from making spectacles of themselves. I'm talking about sexual harassment. Absolutely. Look, Helen, can we talk about this tomorrow? Only I was on my way out. I don't believe it. He's there again. Where? The boy in glasses. The one who looks like Woody Allen. Leland Underwood? Are you sure? Leland is seriously brilliant. Too brilliant to write this sort of stuff, you mean? I'm not exaggerating. Leland makes Doogie Howser look like a retard. Look, look, I'll deal with it tomorrow, OK? I want an hour or two in the garden before we lose the sun. What a rent, boys! A kid's on a youth training scheme run by our ex-MP. Eureka! What? 
you seen the planning notices? Trying to kick the habit blossom. I know McGonagall when the page falls open at those planning notices. Looks like she's going to be in my column this week after all. Oh, really? You surprise me. Have a look at this. What is it? A planning application for the redundant barn behind her house. They want to renovate it for light industrial use. So? Well, she's not exactly going to be over the moon, is she? Who wants a factory behind their house? I feel a fearless country diary campaign coming on. Against the owners of this barn, I suppose. Against all those who seek to pillage our national heritage. Our national heritage seems to be defined by what's visible from Jane Callahan's bedroom window. Look, Blossom, don't take this personally, but you and this woman are becoming a major pain. Separately, you're lovely people, but together you just oppress me. Fear not, he. We're unlikely ever to be uh, an item. Certainly not since I poured a bottle of bubbly over Chad. You know, I think I preferred you when you were Clark Kent. What's the matter with you? Nothing's the matter. Well, yes, something is the matter, actually. It's not that I mind being overworked and undervalued. It's not that I even mind working four weekends on the trot to cover every grotty little cricket match in the area. I don't even mind being made a focus of Dick's crackpot scheme to get a few readers under the age of 100. What I do mind is doing all that and having to be your social worker too. Right. Fine. You won't hear another peep out of me. Good. On this or any other subject. I ask for nothing more. So, you do your work and I'll do mine. Great. Why don't you do some, then? Maybe I'll stroll over to her place later and apologise for pouring bubbly over Chad. Why don't you do that? Yup. Think that's what I'll do. I suppose it's still a bit of a dream. Yes, well, it'll stay a dream if they turn down your planning application. Just imagine, though. To be able to chuck school. And the luxury of just walking across the lawn to work every morning. You expect to make a living out of it? Throwing pots? Why not? I throw a pretty mean pot. What about if demand outstrips supply? Remember, you won't just be selling pots from the barn, you'll be making them too. You'll have to take on a few apprentices. <laughs> Something's different out here. I don't know what, something. Yes, you. Put some clothes on, for God's sake. Why? Because the ozone layer's gone AWOL, that's why. Don't tell me the man who wrestled a pointed white in the Great Barrier Reef is frightened of a bit of English sun. At least I was afforded some protection by my diving gear. And it was a very young pointed white. About the size of a halibut, you mean? We saw the recce for the new series in the Great Barrier Reef. What happened to Brazil? Oh, victim of budget cuts. Would you believe it if I told you I'd been putting it off? You mean... You'd rather wait till the onset of the British winter? Oh, you dozy bitch. It's... you I don't want to leave. But you do want to go, as opposed to leaving me. What am I supposed to do here? Help renovate your barn? What has kept this relationship together, I wonder? Pity? Nostalgia? I'll show you what keeps this relationship together, my proud beauty. You sound like James Mason during his Gaumont Pictures phase. Come here, let me ravish you. Well, pass me my dress. Forget about the sensible advice. I have decided... We've well, got a visitor. Hello! Oh, my God, he really must fancy you. Your timing's immaculate. Well, timing should be, along with conception. So, Roy, what brings you back this time? My autograph? I've come to apologise, actually. Chad... That bubbly was much too expensive to pour over you. I'm not sure how I should take that. Bastard! What? I knew something was different. The wall! My ivy's gone. 
Keating's chopped down my ivy. He's in. That's his lawnmower. Uh, we'll take it from here, thank you, Roy. This involves me, too. Remember, he's already come up against the power of the press. And doubtless he's quaking in his boots. He could end up in the countryside culprits again. <laughs> will you both please stop sniping at one another? You're giving me a headache. What if he turns nasty, eh? What will you do then? What will you do? <laughs> you think I'm frightened of Keating? <laughs> the stench of death has already spewed its noxious fumes in my face. It's true. Chad wrestles pointed whites for a hobby. Pointed white what? What do you do? Wrestle incontinent calcium-deficient puffins? Actually, I was bitten on the nipple by a baby cormorant once, and very painful it was too. Uh, watch out for the washing line, old son. They can be vicious when roused. Using slow-motion photography, award-winning wildlife cameraman Wally Turret allows us to enjoy the majesty and timeless grace of this greater crested fathead flying into the washing line yet again. Look, maybe you ought to leave this to Chad. Watch this greater crested fathead, his iridescent plumage glinting in the sun, collide with his own shadow for the 15th time today. Give it a rest, Chad. Want me to take you through your green cross code before you toddle off, old son? Sorry about that. Chad's a bit depressed at the moment. I wanted to speak to you about this barn. Look, I, I, I'd better go. Just in case Chad decides to wrestle him. <sighs> I've come to this fascinating new aquarium run by the Radical Alternative to Fishing. Here, some of the toughest creatures to roam the ocean are being helped back into society by Tom Best and his team. <laughs> Each day, my now limbless torso is lowered into the tank to counsel Roy, a pointed white from a broken home. Tom believes Roy has to be made to feel wanted before progress can be made. Wow, isn't he a big baby? Using special slow-motion techniques, award-winning cameraman Wally Turret allows us to enjoy the majesty and timeless grace of me having various limbs bitten off by Roy. When society said no to Roy the shark, Tom Best said yes. That's because that's the sort of person he is. Correction, my limbless and headless torso. Of course it's subsidence. Even my neighbour says it's subsidence and she knows nothing. That's right. You don't understand. I want you to leave the scaffolding up. Yes. I know I've been on at you to take it down. Well, now I want it left up. <sighs> because my kitchen floor's got an interesting concave shape, that's why. Oh, and presumably, you'll need scaffolding to make it unconcave again. Look, definitely subsidence, that is. Of course I'm not blaming you for the subsidence. All I'm saying is... Hello? 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 Bastard! Oh, well, you hear some heartbreaking stories about subsidence. All houses falling down tin mines. Not that we have many tin mines in the home counties, mind. Oh, great. You ought to take your mind off it, love. Look, uh, why don't you come round and watch the kissing detectives? Why would detectives kissing take my mind off subsidence? Oh, silly, it's a new series. It's about a husband and wife detective agency in San Francisco. It says in Radio Times they're romantically involved in real life. That's why the love scenes are so realistic. Mm. You're so beautiful, honey. I guess I am. Am I beautiful too? Of course you are, honey. As beautiful as you? I guess we're as beautiful as each other, honey. Uh. 
I wouldn't want to spend all day kissing with someone who wasn't as beautiful as me. And I wouldn't want to kiss you if you weren't as beautiful as me. I guess the public wish they could spend all day kissing us. But we're not interested in them, Moriani. They're not as beautiful as us. Mm. Wouldn't it be great if we only worked on cases where we could kiss all day? And on cases where the people we were investigating kissed all day? But only with each other. Oh, no. They wouldn't be beautiful enough for us to kiss. What should we do now? Kiss? Oh. Mm. We're so good at kissing. Mm. He was perfectly in his rights to do what he did. Using his newspaper to organise the parents? I'm not saying I approve. It's easy to get parents to demand their school opts out if you happen to be a drunk who edits a paper in your spare time. It's still not illegal. Hang on, hang on. says here, The governing body must endorse the resolution at a subsequent meeting not less than 28 and not more than 42 days later. Well, it was. Do you imagine he didn't read this stuff too? It also says we have to hold the ballot of parents within three months of the governor's meeting. We did. And even if we didn't... Yes. Helen said she wanted to see me, miss. You mean Miss McEnroe? Miss McEnroe, then. Since I'm not supposed to know her Christian name. Okay, Leland, here it is. You're on probation. Lay off Miss McEnroe, or I get to work on you. Got it? With respect, miss, your powers to adjudicate on a private matter are limited in British law. Don't be a schmuck, Leland. Maybe you're doing law, but that's not enough to protect you from my wrath. Just how many GCSEs are you sitting, Leland? Only 12, sir. Well, let me tell you something about passing only 12 GCSEs. You have to put romance on the back burner and buckle down and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. If you write any more smutty little poems to Miss McEnroe, you'll be in serious trouble. I wish I could marshal my emotions in the way I can my intellect. Alas, I can't, any more than you or Mr. Say can. To paraphrase Hamlet, appetite grows by what it feeds on. Is there anything else, Miss? Not at the moment. I love Helen till the day I die. He's too bright for the system. He'll drop out halfway through university. My God, how can someone like him fancy a rather drippy student teacher who doesn't even know what a rent boy is? Well, they all have these seething protean urges which refuse to be governed by common sense. <laughs> right. It was speaking of which, did you hear about Jenny and Paula Dodkins? What about them? They've been going around ram-raiding people with shopping trolleys. Shopping trolleys? Apparently they wait for a drunk to stagger out of the off-licence, then Jenny rams a victim with the trolley while Paula grabs the goodies. But they're tiny. Yeah, I think that's why they've escaped detection for a few days. Nobody wants to admit to being mugged by two twelve-year-old girls. Ooh, what a hunk. Have you seen an editor strip to the buff before? Not in the office toilets, no. Some of us don't have bathrooms anymore. Oh, you'll have to negotiate with Trixie at some point. I've never tried negotiating with a charging rhino. Do you think we can lose the wheelie, Dick? People keep walking into it. <laughs> Got ram ready coming out of the off-licence. With a wheelie? One of them rammed me while the other grabbed my bells. They were hulking great brutes. My God. You must be the last man in England to use soap on a rope. That's it. Kick a man when he's down. Why soap on a rope, eh? Have you ever wondered? Why not soya protein isolate on a rope? Or why not Catherine Cookson on a rope? And why boil in the bag come to that? Why not soap in a bag and boil on a rope? 
What will people do with a boil on a rope? Lancet. <laughs> Look, Dick, you can't go on like this. You live here and yet you're not here, if you see what I mean. We want our editor back. Oh, give over. You'd all rather just get on with it without me breathing down your scrawny necks. OK, OK, we don't want our editor back. I suppose you could always enrol in the Betty Ford Clinic. Doubtless you're taking country diary places where no man has gone before, not that I care. Life's a stale and unprofitable thing, Royston. Struggle up the greasy pole, work all the hours God sends you, and for what? So you can end up washing your own wife fronts with your hopelessly out-of-date soap on a rope. Actually, wife fronts are fairly old hat, too. They are? Mm. Everyone wears boxer shorts now. Why don't I just top myself and have done with it? We need your help, Dr. Lecter, if we're ever to catch this monster. If you want the help of Hannibal Lecter, Clarice, you will have to meet my conditions. What conditions? I need a pair of Y-fronts. They make me wear boxer shorts here. I have to boil wash my boxer shorts to get rid of those deep down stains. Anything else, Dr. Lecter? Yes. I need some soap on a rope. I'll see what I can do. My demands disgust you, don't they, Clarice? Yes. Yes, they do. Then my last demand you will find repulsively disgusting. What? I want a copy of The Dark Eyes of Walter Tapp by Roy Hitchcock. starting to get predictable, Leland. I'd find the existential fascism in your statement disquieting, miss. If I knew it wasn't said for effect. You remind me of someone. He hung around the school gates rather a lot, too. You again? You're just lucky my boyfriend finishes work later than me, that's all. Your boyfriend? Just leave me alone, you little creep! I, I didn't mean... Stay away from me, OK? Stay away from me! I ought to go home now. I've got some revision to do. Well, someone had to tell him a few home truths. I wonder whether screaming abuse at the school gates is the best way of doing it. Just to think, he, he goes home and fantasises about me. Well, there's no accounting for taste. What? Well, maybe we have to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume what he feels is real to him. Anything else is existential fascism. Leave that scaffolding where it is! The docky says we've got to take it down. I've got subsidence. Uh, looks like fallen arches to me. The house. You'll need scaffolding then. I've got scaffolding. This is my scaffolding. In the office, they'll send someone to put some up. Oh, of course. Why didn't I think of that? You're absolutely right. We'll take this lot down, and then someone else can come along and put another lot up. Brilliant. Are you taking them, Michael? No, 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 no. Go right ahead. Take it all down. Take the house down, too, if you want. He made the promise as candidate. As president, it's proving hard to fulfill. But President Clinton is determined to keep his word and leave it out of the case, risking headlong conversations.
office. Oh, I think I got a wrong number. I wanted Bullock scaffolding. You got a scaffolding job? Yes. Well, no, that is. And you think the president can't handle it, huh? Well, it never occurred to me he comes out on jobs like this. You ever given him a chance? Well, no, it's just that Bullock scaffolding took it down. You better explain yourself to the president, Buster. No, look. This President Clinton, you got a scaffolding job for me? Well, I, I need some put up, actually. He told me he didn't want you to do it, Mr. President. I'll handle this, Jerry. He's making me out to be a liar, Mr. President. Look, I'd really like you to put up my scaffolding, Mr. President. You don't want me. You think I know jack shit about scaffolding, right? Okay, no problem. I've let the people down, Jerry. Get in here. We've got a resignation speech to write. You think he could manage something a bit more convincing? The ivy was destabilizing the foundations of my wall. The tree was destabilizing his house, now my ivy is destabilizing his wall. He'll be pulling up the hedge next on the grounds that it's destabilizing Chile's precarious foothold on democracy. Mm. Sheer spite, of course. Keating's never liked me. He'll probably object to my planning application. No doubt. And my sunroof's leaking. The car's going to be soaked in the morning. <laughs> Call this rain. This would be a prostate problem in Bangladesh. Did you mean what you said about Roy Hitchcock? What did I say about him? That he fancies me. Well, I can think of no other plausible explanation for his behaviour. Suppose not. Don't you find it a bit strange, though? No, it's not obligatory to be mentally deranged to fancy you. He is, but it doesn't necessarily follow that the rest of us are. I suppose TV naturalists rationalise it in terms of passing on genes or some such coffee table book crap. My flippity gibbet producer wants coffee table book crap. Do you want to pass on your genes at some point? What sort of question is that? I'd imagine it's the sort of question that's central to our relationship. It can't have escaped your notice that I'm at an age when... can't move in here for all this stuff. This place is beginning to look like Derek Jarman's cottage in Dungeness. What's this, for God's sake? Hmm? Oh, it's a death mask. What's this? Kangaroo scrotum. They bring you good luck, apparently. I hesitate to ask what's in the bin liner. Mm, no, I haven't a clue. It was left on the doorstep earlier. My ivy! What? Not only does he hack down my ivy, he gives it to me to throw out. Mm? Right. Where are you going? To add to your collection of scrotums. Scroti. Who's been lining your pocket, Councillor? Why don't you stop pussyfooting and get to the point? It's a towering masterpiece of the genre. Punchy, pithy and something else beginning with P. For the planning committee to rubber stamp dubious barn conversions such as this raises suspicions that some councillors are taking sweeteners from the farming community. Sentence is too long. I go on to say I believe such suspicions to be unhelpful. Well, let's hope their liable lawyers read that part. You'll notice I've fearlessly led with it, too. Don't worry, Blossom. She'll read this and form moist with desire into hey! your hunky arms. What obnoxious little tossers nicked my decaffeinated tea bag? Which is more than Dick will do. Those two rat ass to notice. Bloody hell, Dick. What's happened to your face? Prang the car. Sleeping tablets. Would the filth believe me? Oh, I can smell the sleeping tablets from here. They kept me for five hours in that cell. They're waiting for the effects of the tablets to wear off. It's a bloody disgrace. Why aren't they out catching villains? Don't they know I've got a paper to get out? It's already out. Give over. You're winding me up. Today's Friday, mate. Okay, okay. Still got next week's paper to get out. 
when I've had a bit of a lie down. Jane! Why me? Why do you have to pick on me? I, I didn't know I did. No, not you. I'm talking to the paper. He's struck again. Who? Our fearless chronicler of human folly. If I understand him correctly, he's saying the council would have to be bent to pass my change-of-use application on my barn. I'm afraid I'm the bearer of more bad news. I don't think I want to hear this. The results of the ballots in... <sighs> There's a majority in favour of opting out. I definitely didn't want to hear that. So, what happens next? Do we float shares? Do the Japanese buy us out? Oh, I, I don't think anything quite as extreme as... Why not? Because they're better at building cars. We'll be teaching in the back of cars before long. They're cheaper than schools. I'll have to go away and consider my position, I suppose. What's there to consider? Well, I haven't exactly been in the vanguard of this opting-out business. Maybe the governors will want someone more in tune with their ideas. What's the phrase? Um, not one of us. Is this what they mean by an irreversible shift, I wonder? I've always wanted to know the difference between an irreversible shift and a steady drift. I, I, I suppose a shift comes after and moves faster than a drift. I expect shifts occasionally overtake and arrive in advance of a drift, though. I'm sure I do. Jane! Over here! Well, well... You've just saved me the price of a phone call. It's quite a few years since I've done this. Done what? Waited for you after school. Yes, of course. You used to do that too, on top of everything else. Remind me, did you ever carry my books home for me? That's a joke, is it, Roy? What, not a very good joke. Most of your jokes aren't. Ah, I can see now isn't a good time. Normally I'd give you the benefit of the doubt and assume what you feel is real to you... Anything else is existential fascism, after all. Quite. But I don't feel in a charitable mood. What do you want? I just dropped by to remind you to buy a copy of The Herald. <laughs> You'll see something there to your advantage. To my advantage? There's a bit about the barn at the back of your place. I don't think the council will be passing that planning application somehow. No, no, I don't suppose they will. Oh, you've seen it then? I thought it was... Uh... Very forceful piece. Oh, I wanted it to be a surprise. Mm, it was a surprise, all right. By the way, I'm sorry I could only get variegated, Ivy. They were the only cuttings I had. What cuttings? I left them in a bin liner in your porch. Those were your cuttings? Hmm. hope they take. You realise, because of you, my neighbour's scrotum is now an exhibit in the Natural History Museum? What? Hopefully, it'll soon be joined by yours. Why are you persecuting me like this? Are you in the pay of the CIA or something? Well, there's gratitude. I'm sorry it wasn't poison ivy now. I do apologise. I haven't thanked you for the cuttings, have I? Thank you so very much for the cuttings. I'm so very glad they were variegated. I adore variegated ivy. I'm thinking of growing it up my barn. Your barn? My barn. Ah. Is this your car? Why? This is why. How very childish. How very, very childish. Yes, well, I've been taking lessons from you. It's hardly a good example to these kids, you know. They'll think it's OK to pour from our tray over cars now. I'm just sorry I didn't pour it over you. And I hope they start with your car. And no, as it happens, this isn't my car.
In The Older Woman by Tony Bagley, Martin Clunes was Roy and Zoe Wanamaker, Jane. Toya Wilcox played Elsa, David Troughton, Mr. Say, Nikki Henson, Chad, Jeff McGibbon, Dick, and Sue Roderick, Wynne. Paul Vaughan featured as Paul Vaughan, and other parts were played by Melanie Hudson, David Holt, and Brian Dick. The music was composed by Julian Wastel, and the theme sung by Toya Wilcox. The producer is Paul Schlesinger. <laughs>